Welcome to a bonus episode of the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Back for another episode. She came on on episode 14 to talk about the show she was running, Why the Last Man. But Eliza Clark returns today to talk about the WGA strike, the Writers Guild of America strike currently going on right now. They're fighting for a better contract in their lives with these studios. So check out this episode. Uh, but before we do, make sure you remember entertainmentcommunity.org is a place that you can donate to these people who need your help in the world of writing, the fringe people, the people around assistance, all those things. We talk about it on this episode, but entertainmentcommunity.org is the website if you so choose to donate money today. This is a bonus episode featuring Eliza Clark, writer, showrunner, all such things of shows like Rubicon, The Killing, Animal Kingdom, Wild Last Man, and more right here on the Capes and Tights podcast on capesandtights.com. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, Eliza. How are you? I say, how are you? But like, let's be honest, things are pretty crappy. But how are you otherwise outside of the, the writer's strike and things that's going on in the world? <laughs> I'm... Good. You know, in a weird way, the writer's strike is not, I mean, it's obviously it's really hard. And mm-hmm. my husband is also a writer, so we are both out of work. Um, but there's like a lot of camaraderie and uh, it's nice to feel like you can do something about one, one of the problems in the world. So I don't, I'm at least for right now, it's only been, you know, this is week four yeah. right now. I'm feeling positive. That's <laughs> Well, well see. Mark Mark Bernardin said the same thing on one of the podcasts I listened to, which was uh, he's like the very beginning of these stages is like when you come back from like a summer away at school and you haven't seen these people for a while and you're like hanging out and things are great. He's like, yeah, after a few weeks that go by, though, things start to get a little bit more like, OK, the budgets are tighter. <laughs> things are a little bit rougher around the house. OK, let's get this thing going. Let's let's, let's actually right. make some moves here. <laughs> we're We're still in the phase of like like tomorrow I'm doing I'm picketing with um the writer's room of the killing which i was on that was like one of my first shows mm-hmm. so i'm gonna go like hang out with all of my old friends and we're gonna pick it paramount <laughs> so yeah i mean i guess we can start here um so eliza you're a writer obviously like you said your husband's mm-hmm. a writer as well um and you're a member of i'm guessing west wga west or are you a I'm member, a member of west, west. Yeah. yeah they're basically the same thing just different they sides yes. uh, and so on but um can you give me a little bit of an example, just a quick rundown on why um, the, the Writers Guild is striking right now, just in your words? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of existential threats um, to the business. Um, I think the biggest one is that these companies are trying to do away with the career of writer and make it into a gig economy. So mm-hmm. they're you know, they're trying to, I mean, it boils down to like any labor struggle. They want more work for less money and less time. That's the basic uh, premise, like any other, like basically, you know, this entire country that's like capitalism is bullshit. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I mean, it's the system we live under. So I have to, you know, agree to be a part of it but you know so so that's the the basic premise is they want more work for less time and less money um you know some more specifics about that are 
that they basically are trying to do away with the writer's room. They've done this thing. You might've heard things about mini rooms. Um, mini rooms are essentially uh, to replace pilots. Um, it used to be that you'd make, you know, a, one writer would write um, an episode that would be the first episode of a show. They would um, decide whether or not they want to make it. Okay, they make the pilot. They they film an entire episode and then they test it and then they figure out what they want to do. And if they pick it up, then they get a writer's room. Mm-hmm. What they've started doing is, um, you know, this, hap- this started happening like, I would say about, you know, six to eight years ago. Um, they would do these sort of pre-green light rooms. Instead of making a pilot, they would say, okay, we're going to have a smaller writer's room. We're going to do give you 10 weeks, you know, 10 to 20 weeks. And you need to sort of pitch us the whole season. You need to write a couple of episodes, outline a few more. Um, and in theory, that didn't seem like a terrible idea at the time because it's like, all right, well, first of all, you're employing more writers mm-hmm. in that way. But um, over time, they've started using mini rooms to essentially pay us scale. So, you know, the way this business works, like most other businesses is like the more experience you have, um, the better, you know, you you get paid more um, as you contribute more to the work. Um, and essentially mini rooms pay all writers scale. So like everyone's getting paid a minimum amount. Um, they're working for 10 weeks. Oftentimes there's this sort of like nebulous, you know, the, the show probably is going to go, mm-hmm. but they're just gonna pay you nothing for 10 weeks for doing the exact same amount of work you would be doing for your regular rate. Um, and then also what it does is, you know, I have lots of friends who have been in like multiple mini rooms where the show has never gone. Mm -hmm. So then you don't really have credits. Like you've worked. um, It's really hard to move up um, to get paid more money and to get more experience because you technically haven't written for a show that's aired, even though you've done the work. Um, So yeah, that's the mini room thing. And then, you know, AI, Mm -hmm. like we said you know, not me, but the WGA said to the companies, you know, we'd like to talk about not having you use plagiarism software um, to write television shows, which is essentially what ChatGPT mm-hmm. is, plagiarism software. Um, and they were like, we would like to hold, we would like to give, have a meeting. We'll offer you a meeting every year to talk about plagiarism software. Um, because we don't want to close off our ability to use it, which is fucking terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Nobody, I mean, and like, just to take a second here, I don't actually think that robots can write television. No. I think that that's not a good idea for, you know, for various reasons. And I think that they, you know, executives are far more re- replaceable than writers are. But also like, what is the point of art, right? Like, why mm. do we consume art and i feel like we consume art because we want to see our lives reflected back to us by people who are doing that reflecting like it's like i want to experience the human condition with other human beings like i don't want a robot to tell me what it's like what it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous that part is like very splashy um 
you know, I, I'm less concerned about fucking robots, but I think it's, I, I, or I guess I was less concerned about it before I heard that they were like, no, we don't want to talk about robots. Mm -hmm. We actually like robots. Fuck them. Well, yes, I mean, like you can't like most of the stuff that writing or artwork or stuff like that is your life experiences spilled out on a page is or or wherever, and it's it's you your childhood trauma. There's no childhood trauma for a Chat GPT uh, no. software. There's no uh, you know breakups and love stories and you know let's be honest. When Taylor Swift's albums have been as good, good if if an AI wrote it. Her breakups mm. and all those things that went into those that, those songs, uh, and, and you know, and so the AI part, yes, it is a splashy thing. I think the pay thing is huge for for you, uh, yeah. you know, making sure that people. And, and and one of the things I heard online, I don't know if this is true or not, but like with these mini rooms too, and these things is, would you do? Do you think you would have gotten the opportunity to show run something like Why Last Man if it, you all you had in your previous things were all these mini rooms that you really can't attest to? No, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I, so I started, my career started in 2009. Mm -hmm. um, I have produced every single episode of television that I've ever written, including the two episodes of television that I wrote when I was a writer's assistant. And, you know, I was paid through production mm -hmm. um, to do the very important work that happens when a writer is on set. And that's another huge thing. It's like, basically the mini rooms happen. So essentially like you're writing the whole show before it ever goes into production. And then the writers are gone and they're off on another show. Um, and, you know, these companies are saying they don't need writers on set, which is a, which is, you know, short-sighted and idiotic. Mm -hmm. um, and also it's not, you know, it's important for, writers to learn how to produce because that's what the job of showrunner is it's also you know so so you know if you want to train the next generation of showrunners like there needs to be these writers on set learning how to do the business but it's not just about training people because the other thing is that the amptp offered it's so stupid it actually makes me laugh because it's so stupid but they offered to for any show that's shooting in los angeles they will allow the showrunner to choose one lucky writer to do an internship. Pretty sure that's unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> where they like come and see. It's like a, you know, as if this is like take your daughter to work day or something. I mean, I posted a document on Twitter that um is is like my pinned tweet. And it is the document that I gave to my writers um for why the last man about what it you know how to be a writer on set because you know i've show run two shows now and the norm now is that writers don't know how to be on set they've never done it before they've never had that opportunity you know it, it's worth taking a look at this document it's seven pages single spaced of like all of the responsibilities that a writer has on set and it's enormous and Ultimately, it saves money to have writers on set. It saves um, time. It like makes the actors feel safer. It's good for everybody. It's it's in it to me. It just proves how much these companies, or at least like the lawyers who are negotiating for them, have literally no idea how a television set or a movie set works. 
you'd think you'd want to use all the tools that are available to you to make the best quality television or, or, or movie uh, uh, possible. And that includes having writers on on stat to make small changes or do things that are changing in the show and, and, and not having to worry about like calling someone or doing something from a distance or, huh. you know, and then the future, like you mentioned before, like who's going to run these shows in, in 10 years? Totally. Well, also when you're running a show, you, I mean, it's a 24 set. It's a crazy yeah. amount of work. If I, you know, because we were shooting Why the Last Man during COVID and there were all these like really serious quarantine rules in Canada, I couldn't have each writer come because it would mm. be too long to quarantine and whatever. So I made them give me one writer. So my, uh, one of my writers, Katie Edgerton and her husband moved to Toronto for six months to be with me up there and to be on set. And like, she was doing an insane amount of work. And so was I every single day. I mean, like, it, it, I couldn't have done it without her. Mm -hmm. it, the idea that I could somehow be in 55 meetings a day and be available by phone all the time for questions on set is just ridiculous. And what ends up happening if you don't have a writer on set is that you get into the editing room and you're like, well, that doesn't work. We have to reshoot that. So that's just so much more money. It's, mm -hmm. it's very dumb. They're, they're making dumb decisions, but it's like, these are all cost cutting things that are very short-sighted the way lots of cost cutting things are. Yes. And, yeah, and a lot, yeah. we, we can relate to it. I think a lot of us as, as normal human beings in this earth who watches your programs and things on TV, where this is like, this isn't someone else who makes a tiny bit more money than you telling you that this is what is going to happen to cut budgets because we're going to go out of business and da, da 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 it's more of these people who are bringing in billions and billions and billions of dollars to say we want to cut this small fraction of what the budget is off the bottom to help save us money even though we're going to bring in millions and millions of dollars into our pockets and that's the thing i think a lot of us can compare can relate to in that sense that and can care about is the fact that this is not like your the writers guild is asking for this humongous. I want fifty percent of everything that Disney brings in or whatever. I'm not going. I didn't mean to call out a company on that either. But this so and so company we can call to bring it Disney. in. Disney's <laughs> disappearing. My show. Um, no, I think we can. I think we. Yeah, we're asking for less than three yeah. percent of the in, immense amount of profit that our creative work brings to these companies. Also, I think it's really important to understand for people who are not in the business that like, yes, there are some writers who make a lot of money yeah. and, and, but that is like a, a very small percentage of our membership. It is a middle-class job. It was a good middle-class job for many, many years. And now they're trying to turn it into the music industry. It's trying to, mm -hmm. you know, where it's basically like, you're only going to have the most famous and the most wealthy people who can sort of sustain their careers and everybody else, all those, you know, younger folks, diverse voices, like there's going to be no nothing left for everybody else. Um, you know, this is a, this is a job that, you know, can pay well, but especially if you're working, you know, there are people who work for 10 weeks, they get mm -hmm. one room, they work for 10 weeks and then they have to make that money. You know, they have to pay their, agent their lawyer their manager and then they have to live like for that it's just not enough money so um the idea that we are these sort of like rich hollywood people is just not that's just not the reality of um 
the membership of, you know, the vast majority of the membership of the WGA. Yeah. And California is such a, a cheap state to live in too, right? So yeah, you know. Los Angeles, especially <laughs> it's just, you know, easy peasy. We don't have a housing crisis at all. Yeah. And that's yeah, like on top of it. It's like, you're asking for it, it, it. Their money is not as much there as it should be. And you have to pay so much more to live in the place to get the job, to make it so that you could do what you want is just a, a you know, a, a compounding thing in, in, in my opinion. And, and the other part about it to me is I've seen recently is that I don't know if this has affected it at all, but like eight episode, 10 episode seasons uh, are also short, shortening the amount of time you're actually working on a project and stuff and, and not knowing. And the streamers not knowing though. I've read an article, my wife and I fell in love with rabbit hole. I don't know if you've seen that, the Kiefer Sutherland show that was on mm -hmm. Paramount plus. Oh, so good. Just twists and turns and so on and so forth. But eight episodes. Great. ended. okay. If the show ends, it ends. We'll move on. It's not a bit, but they have a little, you know, teaser at the end that if it had a second season this is great and Kiefer Sutherland's like I still don't know I still don't know what's going to happen with this show in the future because it's not network television it's streaming is so much different that they make the calls at some willy-nilly time sometimes they renew the season two seasons in advance sometimes we don't know until well in advance sometimes they cut you know last second to last episode they're like okay we're not making another season even though you don't know what the next streaming things are going to happen over the next few months where people are going to binge the show. And so yeah. there's like all this stuff with the streaming thing that, you know, in the amount of episodes, I think that also, uh, you know, in my opinion, seems like it could make an, a, a different difference on stuff. Well, I think also what's happening is that streaming broke television, mm -hmm. essentially like Netflix broke the business <laughs> and turned it into a pyramid scheme. I mean, it's yes. like all they care about is subscribers, new mm -hmm. subscribers. So you can have a show, like you're an audience member, you pay every month for a subscription to one of these streamers and you expect to see your shows and you like really like this show rabbit hole and you're like, when's the next season? But if that show didn't bring enough new people, it's a failure in their eyes, you know, like it's, and to me, that's problematic for a million reasons. I mean, first of all, like, so you don't even care about the audience. It's like only new people. And there's only so many people in the world. Like, that's why I'm saying it's a pyramid scheme. It's like, I, eventually you run out of people. So who are you making this for? And, you know, these are incredibly profitable businesses and the, they, they're crying poor because they are, you know, their models are made only to look at growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really unfortunate that we, and now they're going to go back, right? They're going to go back to like having ads, ad supported television because, and they're, they're, they're like talking about it as if they've invented this. They're mm -hmm. like, can't, you know, we should start bundling things together. It's like, yeah, that's called fucking cable. I don't cable know what, <laughs> you know, like anyway. Oh, well, um, it's true. I mean, I, but I was trying to do the math with a buddy of mine the other day too. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if Netflix has 200 million subscribers, and it's average of $15 a month to subscribe to Netflix. Um, that's billions of dollars a month. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and the fact that they're, you know, losing money, I'm like, that is Hollywood accounting. If I, if I could see anything right there, well, also, because geez. These are publicly traded companies. Like you can go on their shareholders calls. Like we, you know, the WGA has heard them talk about how profitable their businesses are. So you can't, on the one hand, say we can't pay the workers who um, make us billions of dollars. And then on the other hand, say like, but we're a super profitable business and we expect to make this many billions. And it's just, it's very, um, 
it's very gross. It's kind of, it's disgusting to me, actually. Like the, these, and I have to be honest with you, like I, I think I was like a little bit of a Pollyanna about it. Like when I saw, I don't know if you've seen, you know, when the talks broke down and when the WGA called a strike, they sent out this email to all the, the membership that, you know, I think has gone wide where it said, you know, here were our proposals and here were their counters. And so much of it was them saying just like they refused to even counter our proposals. They just aren't going to talk about it. And I found myself feeling like really hurt. Like I was like, I don't know why. I'm, I mean, I should not expect to be treated well by a corporation. Um, but, you know, the, there are people who work for these companies who are creative, who are mm -hmm. like, you know, really wonderful, smart people who I really like and I like working with. And they're getting screwed over too by billionaires, essentially, like, and tech. And they're, you know, the, these companies are laying off executives by the thousands, which is insane. It's like, just pay everybody what they deserve. And, <laughs> you know, Jeff Bezos does not need to have a second yacht for no. his helipad. I don't you have one guy. I don't know. Second one. <laughs> but did you hear that? That he had he had to buy yes. a second yacht because the first one didn't, didn't have a helipad. I mean, can you imagine not having a helipad on your yacht? It's like And this is me also saying to people, like, I hate when I have this conversation with people. I'm like, it's not that I don't wish success on people. That's not mm -hmm. what I'm getting at. There's just a point where someone else has to suffer to continue your 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 wealthiness or your success. Is a little bit different and you wouldn't be where you are if it wasn't for the people who work below you or with you or you know at your company uh, and these yeah. writers and things like that so like the, the reason why netflix got to where it was now was not dvds i'm sorry to say dvds was a part of it but when they started streaming is when they become this humongously billionaire company billion dollar company and when they started creating their own stuff is when like the stuff started to start to see you saw like the you know stuff started to happen is when you're creating your own stuff for yourself and keeping all the information and all the all the uh, statistics to yourself. And, and the only time we ever know as people whether or not a show is successful on Netflix is if it's in the top ten, uh, you know. And 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 who knows that isn't manipulated behind the scenes. Not trying to start conspiracy theories here at all, but someone could easily just go in there and be like, "This has a million views," and put it in the top ten. Yeah, not I to mean, say they, that happens, that but it could happen. Thing. They don't want to tell us how. Essentially, one of the things we're asking for is to share in success. Mm -hmm. And so like if our if you write a show that does really well, I mean, you've probably seen if you've been keeping up with this, like there's a writer from The Bear who talked about like going to the Emmys, but not having any money in his bank account. Like, you know, that show did extremely well. Why should he not be paid accordingly? Like it's... It, well, it's the it's the Friends, your Seinfelds, all those shows back in the day. Every time that show airs on TNT or TBS or whatever, that there's a residual check on that. It's just not the same anymore, and, and yeah. that's the that's the thing. And is that is that the reason why like something like why the Last Man got the chopping block over at Disney Plus? Huh. Is it is it is that the reason? Yeah, because they don't want to pay residuals on it. Yeah, and so and because, I, I think also because get, because they can that tax break. They can mm -hmm. call it a loss, basically. Um, you know, which is really, I mean, it's really hard to take for my um, heart. <laughs> um, you know, but I also think that that show was a victim of um, the D Fox Disney merger. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, per 
personally, I mean, and I don't have any facts to support this, but my, you know, seasoned writer's opinion is that like, if the show had been just on FX, like it would have had a second season, but Mm -hmm. it was owned by, you know, suddenly all these companies are consult, they're like cannibalizing one another. So it's like FX and Hulu and Disney, they're all the same thing. And I don't, you know, whatever. I don't know how you find, I don't even know how you find my show. I mean, now you can't, but like, it was like, it's an FX show. No, it's actually, it's on Hulu, but it's, I don't know. It was confusing to say, because you're like, oh, how do you watch it? It's on FX on Hulu, which is owned mostly by Disney. It was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you have to like go in and, I mean, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I won't relitigate this whole thing. Well, the other side of it is to with streaming services, like for an example, calling Disney out is you can't buy like someone who wants to hold physical media. I can't buy, you know, the first season of Loki on DVD or Blu-ray and like that. It's not possible because they force you to go to the streaming service to watch it. So even if it was like, okay, that sucks. Why the last man's getting, you know, May 26th is being removed from Disney plus or Hulu and, and fine. That's cool. I'll go to, you know, Jeff Bezos' website there and buy it on DVD or Blu-ray and own the physical copy, put it on my shelf, watch it when I want to. Because you can't do that. It's not possible. They didn't that. allow no, that option. Yeah. No, it 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 disappears. It's it's fucking heartbreaking. Yes. I mean, like that was, you know, three years of work, thousands of people. I mean, hundreds of people, mm. probably thousands of people who like put their labor and time and effort and creativity into that and it just fucking vanishes yes. it's just gone gone I was that's heartbreaking. it is heartbreaking and, and that's the you know but you know there's also those people out there who work years and years and years on something that never ends up getting made too so the benefit is you were able to make listen, the show okay you know what sure <laughs> i mean listen i you know i keep thinking i'm still incredibly proud of that show i love the people I worked with. You know, these are some of my best friends in the world. I will work with all of these artists again. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a good experience for me. And I'm super proud of the work we did. I think it's a great show. I think Um, it's a wonderful show. So I'll give you that credit. It also made me write, write, I read the comic book over again. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I mean, that's, that's one of those benefits in that. But so this strike and this is one of those things too. I think that some people on the fringe might not know it, it or, or understand is this is not the writers like alone in this by the sense that each the directors have a guild, the producers have a guild, and so on and so forth, and they always negotiate and stuff like that too. I think a lot of people just look at it as what the hell's wrong with the writers because I feel like you guys are the ones getting screwed over the most often because the last time there was a big stoppage was well, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Our leadership is incredible. We have, I mean, I think we have the best union in Hollywood um, and we have an incredibly communicative, uh, you know, group of people who are making or doing these negotiations. We have really, our leadership is really good. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons why it's always the writers is because we are the most bullish. I mean, we are of the, of the, you know, DGA, SAG and WGA we are the ones who fight. We're also, you know, a smaller union. We're 11 to 13,000 people. I don't know exactly what it is, but something like that. You know, where SAG, which is the actors, is 200,000 people. 
So that's a little harder to organize. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, I think the AMPTP did not account for what has changed in our culture between 2007 and now. I mean, I think in 2007, there was no social media, mm-hmm. really. I mean, there was also no, I think people, you know, SAG and the DGA were just, on, were not very willing. I think that IATSE, which is like the crew and, mm-hmm. and the Teamsters, like it was just the the unions were much more isolated and, and divided. Right now, we have unprecedented support from the other unions, and we are going to fight like fucking hell for those unions when their time comes. You know, I think the Teamsters and IATSE, they need new contracts. Their ears comes up in a year, and like they deserve big changes, like mm-hmm. big changes need to happen in this uh, in this industry. Um, and we'll see what happens with DGA and SAG. I don't know whether they'll, you know, they... Who knows? I mean, I think that SAG calling for a strike authorization vote is huge and they should strike. You know, they're they're being turned into gig workers as well. They're, it's like impossible to be a working actor um, and they're getting, you know, it's the same stuff as us. And like the AI thing is like a way bigger deal, I think, for an actor um, and for directors. I mean, I just truly like the, the robot takeover of art is, I saw a really amazing... Um, tweet that was like do all can some of the robots like clean the plastic out of the ocean or do they all have to be writers like do you know what i mean i mean like let's use technology for things to make the world better like shouldn't like human beings should get to make art that's like actually one of the joys of life anyway well, speaking of your writers, your actors, directors, haven't we seen enough movies and things and TV shows where AI goes wrong too? Let's be honest, people. <laughs> I saw a Washington Post article over the weekend that said in Germany, a robot grabbed a man and killed him, like on a factory line. And it, in the article, it said like it it seemed like there was user error, like that he got yeah. in the way or something. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a murderous robot. But still, like a fucking person was killed. I mean, listen. Yeah. If I if my garage door closes on me, it stops because there's something in the way. So we can we can teach these AI things specifically not to kill something because it's in its way. Oh. That'd be great. <laughs> Let's maybe not try to like replace humanity, yes. right? Like we are at a critical moment where we can, you know, really do our best not to invite the robot apocalypse. And let's not start with let's not start, but like let's not do art. Art is again, it's emotional. It, it's there's there's human being connections human. to it. it. It's it's something that like from the inception of the TV show um, that like say my wife and I are watching till the to the time we're sitting on the couch watching it together. It's an experience that humans, you know, experience with other human beings or talk about it or things like that. So like this this whole human connection to the whole thing in the first place, and it does go down to right. Writer, say it might writers. be the thing that makes us human. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Let's not. And so you just want your fair you want your fair shot at this too. And and some people might think that because there's so many places now to put mm-hmm. TV shows and movies and things like that, that that's a benefit. Um, but it seems like it's more of a as a disadvantage a lot of times to the success of these writers, directors, and, and and producers and things like that in the future. Does that seem correct too? Like having so many different places for things to go? Well, I mean, also though, those places are all consolidating yeah. and eating each other like yeah. I, I actually don't know if that feels true anymore like that there was a moment where it felt like you could salt all these places and now it feels like you know 
we're going back to a place where there are like five or six big companies and they own everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. I just think that's good. I don't think that's good. I don't think it's good for like five billionaires to own an entire industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I also don't think it's good to make this into a gig economy where only people who have family money can like go into writing. It's mm-hmm. that, I mean, don't you want to see stories written by people who didn't all grow up wealthy, you know, mm-hmm. like, who, who aren't like rich enough that their parents can help them for the 10 years it takes to break into the business and like can support them when they only work for 10 weeks out of a year. Like mm-hmm. that's not, it's not what I want to watch. I want to watch yeah. shows by diverse voices and not just a bunch of people who, I mean, not, you know, listen, and I think it's, I think it's telling that, you know, when people do have money or whatever, you know, like generational wealth, what they go into is like mm. the arts. Cause that's what people, yeah. you know, like you want to express yourself. I'm not begrudging somebody their family money, but let's, let's make it not just people with you know, Nepo babies, let's make Mm -hmm. it, let's make it a business that, you know, can sustain many different kinds of people. Exactly. You know, and, 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 you know, or at least like, that's what we have been trying to make it because it wasn't a very diverse business for a long time, but it was a sustainable career, middle-class career. And, uh, you know, we've made some inroads in terms of like opening the business up to people who are not all like Harvard graduates who have a zillion dollars Mm -hmm. and we're taking major steps back. The AMPTP is putting us in, you know, in a, in a, we're, you know, going a thousand miles in the wrong direction. So. And the last strike lasted about three months, a little over three months back in 2007, 2008. 100, 100 days, yeah. And, and so obviously if this one were to last as long, we're talking mid-August, uh, are you expecting it to last as long? Are you expecting it to last longer? Are you expecting, what, what, what is your expectations uh, in timing-wise at least? I mean, I have no idea. No. Like I, I feel like that's, a, you know, I would say 70% of what we all talk about on the picket line. <laughs> it's like, how long uh-huh. do you think it's going to last? And it's like, no one has any way of knowing because the ball is in AMPTP's court. Like we can't negotiate with ourselves. And they have said they're refusing to talk about like half of the things that are really important to us. So they need to come back to the table. It's on them, balls in their court. You know, I do think that the fact that they are refusing to even negotiate on certain points means it's not going to be a short strike, but we'll see what happens. Like we'll see what happens with SAG and the DGA and- you know, I think that they did not expect this much solidarity mm-hmm. with all the other unions. I mean, and the Teamsters are incredible. IATSE is amazing. Like these are people who, they are the lifeblood of the industry. If the Teamsters or IATSE strike, like that's, it's over, yeah. you know? So the, their support for us is enormous and that wasn't really there in 2007 so mm-hmm. i i think like it's a different world i think people are more radical too people have like woken up to the ways in which uh corporations are trying to destroy us you know did, did i read online somewhere or listen on the radio or something like that that this the beginning stages like you can uh, yeah, studios 
and these bigger companies can like cancel overall deals after a certain period of your strike. And that why that's why like maybe it will take at least a month because they'll wait for this to happen so they could save some money on some of these overall deals and stuff like that. Is that true? Or is yeah, that... I mean they've already started canceling overall deals. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know like there is probably this time between your strike and, and an actual communication back from them to the point where they're like, oh, we're just gonna use this opportunity to purge some stuff and save some money and then come back to the table, which is also selfish on that on their on their part as well. But oh yeah. Uh... I mean <laughs> it's it's sort of it feels illogical to me though because it is like it is a business of relationships mm -hmm. and you know i really i these companies have not done a good job of like they've not won the pr battle here um they're not even trying to and i feel like you know companies that position themselves as places where art happens you mm -hmm. know like I, this does not look good for apple mm -hmm. you know what i mean it doesn't look this doesn't look good for any of these companies like you don't pay the artists who make the things that you get celebrated for and that you get billions of dollars for like that's not cool <laughs> like and i don't think people think that's cool so i i you know whatever i mean they're I trying to yeah that they, I also read something online that said that also like the places like Amazon and Apple aren't really going to care how long this lasts because it's not their number one financial intake is their streaming services. It's the other stuff they sell uh, that sells a lot more, makes a lot more money for them. So they're like, eh, if we have a little bit of a loss for a little while, we're going to deal with it. We're, we're making money over here anyway. Whereas other places, your Netflixes, your other stuff like that, are that's where they're making their money. They're the ones that are well, like hurt. Paramount or Sony. Yes. Or yeah, I mean, I think that there are companies. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the AMPTP stops negotiating as mm -hmm. a collective. Like that, if this, you know, that maybe the strike lasts a really long time, but not for all the companies. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens. I have no insider knowledge about that, but I, I, it, it does not make sense to me that Paramount would have the same, um you know, needs as Amazon. Like yeah. that does that you're right. I mean, it's like some of these people are legacy Hollywood media companies. They only make film and television. And then there's other companies that are sending, you know, sponges to your house in 24 hours or less. Like that's just a different vibe. Yes. <laughs> well, like, like Amazon, one of their number one things is server space, like Amazon web services. So like maybe they're negotiating in their sense for the space that these, these shows are being stored on, on their servers. But otherwise, yes, they're really worried about getting your golf balls to you in time for golf season. Uh, but yeah, so when you guys are out there striking, you guys can strike on the golf course. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> so those members, those of us who are not obviously members of the WGA and, and, and part of actual Hollywood uh, or, or the industry, how can someone like that's just listening to this episode or watching this episode, how can they support the WGA and what you guys are doing? Well, you can donate to the Entertainment Community Fund, which is um, an, it, it is a way to help out members of the community, not just writers. It's like mm -hmm. it's support staff assistance for crew members, people who are out of work because of the strike. Um, you know, we don't take lightly that we are causing financial hardship for our fellow workers. Um, and we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't think it was an existential crisis. Um, but so, yeah, so donate to the entertainment community fund. I think it's not a bad idea to come out and pick it with us. Like mm -hmm. we've had, lots, I've been out there with lots of people who are, you know, 
from other unions or just people who like want to support. It's a great way to meet um, writers of your favorite shows. <laughs> um, and, you know, I mean, get the word out. I think mm. like that's the, that's what we can do. And right now we're picketing. Hopefully the AMPTP will come back to the table soon and we can get back to like making good content. I, I hate the content. Making yeah, content. Yes, exactly. yeah. it's yeah. hard because I'm always like too like I'm like talking about Marvel like Marvel TV versus Marvel uh, movies and like what do you call it projects do you call it con- what do you call the the combining of the two of the media I don't know but like yeah content is not great because content sounds less artistic than what it actually content is, is what they think of it as you know like they it's like you know and and really not not they like the like the day-to-day people yeah. i'm talking about like the money counters mm-hmm. because the, that's different from the executives who are mm-hmm. like working on the shows who want them to be good who you know if i were if i were working for one of these companies i think it would really fucking bum me out that it's like we, we don't want to pay the writers like to make good stuff we don't want writers on set that doesn't make any sense like we want you know these people get into these jobs because they want to be creative too and they are mm-hmm. creative and they're being told by people who know nothing about television and only know about money that they just have to cut costs. And, you know, it's just, it's just not, um, it's not smart. It's not, it's not smart. And it's not, uh, they're not thinking it all the way through. So. Yes. Does your, does your leadership of this, uh, of the guild have like a set in place, like, okay, we strike. And then if it lasts this long, we're going to do this. If it lasts this long, we're going to do this. Like not public things, but like, is there like a plan of attack or is it just like strike now and we'll figure out things as they go along? They definitely have a plan of attack. I don't, you know, it's like they don't communicate all of that to all of the Mm -hmm. membership, but they're very communicative. Like I get emails from the WGA all the time. You know, I have, you know, you have people you can talk to at every picket line. Like there's a person who's from the negotiating committee or a WGA captain who has information. And, you know, we're having, there's a rally on Friday. (laughs) So I think, you know, they definitely have moves Mm -hmm. that they, but the thing is like, really right now, we're just waiting for the AMPTP to come back to the table. And there's some amount of money that they're willing to lose. And when they get past that, they're going to have to come back and talk to mm-hmm. us. And, and re- <laughs> the repercussions long-term for, for movies and TV and things like that uh, isn't usually felt right away, right? I mean, it's not like we are feeling this as much uh, immediately. It's not like someone's going to be watching TV and their favorite show is just not going to be right there anymore uh, because they're striking. This is like the stuff that's being written and created for the next seasons and things like that. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I think you'll start to feel it in the fall. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, like the, a lot of these companies have been like, we have a strike proof fall. And if you look at like their fall schedules, it's like reality show <laughs> rerun of Abbott elementary. Like you know, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think that you will start to feel it. And also, you know, one of the hardest things or a showrunner for people who make TV is like, we, a lot of showrunners, most of our showrunners have walked away, you know, mm-hmm. like there's, there's a way in which they're trying to make you, the companies will say, 
that being a showrunner is different from being a writer that like you also have duties to produce and that means you need to be on set you need you know they're saying all these things and I think most of our membership has said that you can't separate me from the writing like when I'm on set I'm writing I'm writing with everything I'm doing every mm -hmm. choice I make is writing and you know you can't Anyway, so we've had a lot of really brave showrunners walk away from their shows and that you will feel that in those episodes because when there is not the creative voice that is, you know, of from the writer's room, it's just, it's just not as good. Yes. So. Well, I've heard other people like all like sets in general, just entire uh, things or just the entire team has walked away too or, or taken a pause or, or, or said, we're not going to work on this either. I mean, I don't know if it was true or not, but the Duffer brothers were saying something about the next season, the final season of Stranger Things is going to be delayed because of this, because they're just like, we're writers yeah. first. Like we, yes, our, we we started, we created this show and we wrote this show, but we're, we're obviously higher up now, um, but we're writers first. And that's where it comes down to. And yes. And that's like people, there's a lot of showrunners who've been doing that. And it's, um, you know, that's a tough thing to do to walk away from your show, but it's, the right thing to do and it's um ultimately hopefully going to mean that the strike ends quicker yes i hope so too i mean, I mean I tell you what i love my tv and i love good tv and, and that's why you know these things i start to pay attention to a little bit i almost you know pay attention to this more than things i probably should pay attention to they're a more direct <laughs> impact into my life but uh i do feel that it's just you're human beings and i think that sometimes people don't treat you like they don't treat you like human beings the favorite you your favorite show in the entire world had a writer's room a writer's team who made that show and so we should care about those people just as much as the people you see on tv uh, i know i go to comic cons quite often i help run one here in maine and, mm. and you, all you see in the people are the people who acted in it you don't see i don't see you Eliza, at a table signing autographs for writing or show running while the last man. And yet I should be. I'm sure yes. people would just be round the round the block to to get me. No, I'm just kidding. Which is no, I mean, which is yeah, funny. I mean, some of those panels, I'd almost rather listen to you talk at a panel than the person. I mean, your 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 actors and actresses who were in while the last man were amazing, but yes. I'd rather have you with them than just them, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that it's also important to know that like this is happening across this industry. Mm -hmm happening to actors it's happening to directors it's happening to crew big time and to the you know to everybody like they these corporations are making billions of dollars off of our creative labor and they are trying to pay us nothing so that you know it'll turn into a gig economy and mm -hmm. you know some people will be okay and most people won't and mm -hmm. um you know i i feel like it's it's important that we protect this business that is also, you know, a major art form yes. um, for humanity. Like, I mean, not, not to be crazy, but it's like, I think that the WGA is going to save this fucking business from itself. <laughs> like, you know, robots are coming for all of us. All right. Let's, let's, let's not wait a year to have a conversation about it. Let's, yes, let's not wait when it's too late to have a conversation about why it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we're all being like strangled by a robot yeah. who's like i'm writing succession now or whatever yes. you know like no <laughs> but yeah i mean so it, it's a i don't know uh, you know 
it's a tough thing, time to be in. It's it's one of those things that you probably knew at some point in your writing career you'd be in this situation at some point because it's just the way things flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you can't write. You're not writing for if you have if you were hired. Obviously, there's some things we may not know about what's going on in Eliza's life. But like, if you're if you were hired by a studio to do something and you're writing on that, you're pausing that right now, pencils down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if but in the meantime, are you doing some things like if you're you're allowed to as a writer work on something for yourself that eventually that you would pitch to a network during this time. You just can't do anything because you're in solidarity. You can't (laughs) write something that's for a prior. Yeah. I cannot be paid by a struck company. I cannot work for a struck company. Um, And nor would I want to. Yes. Um, I, yeah, you know, like I had some pieces of development that were going to, you know, happen and that's just on pause. Um, and in the meantime, you know, I mean, it's a lot of work actually to pick it. Like we're yes. doing it like four hours a day. Like it's intense. I'm going to be so hot by the end of summer. I'm going to be so, like, I just walk four hours a day. It's incredible. I'm like, it, the glow up is going to be, oh, amazing. You have strong arms too from listening to that head. Totally. Although and... I did get, I did burn the fuck out of my fingers. Like <laughs> literally like third degree burns on my finger. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I had sunscreen on everywhere, but just, I don't know, your, your yeah, hands, just sweat, your you hands, hands and it, yeah. Yeah. anyway. Um, so now I have sun gloves. I'm like turning into an old lady, but an old lady who's going to look tan and hot by the end of this. <laughs> um, so, and then yeah. you're going to be stuck in a writer's room and no one's going to see you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that'll be good. Cause you get fat in a writer's room. Cause you're like, you're like just snacking all day. Um, which is great. It's, sort of <laughs> like that. I like when, you know, that's a, a positive thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, we're just sort of in it for the long haul and trying okay. to, um, you know, I may try to write some stuff for myself, but I'm also like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of like brain space too, mm-hmm. emotional space to just sort of like get through it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I just I heard other people who like are, are people who are fringe. They, they work in TV, but they also work in comics or books or are working on those projects. And this, okay, this is an opportunity for me. I'll pick it a couple hours a day. Then I'll go home and I'll write some stuff in the mm-hmm. comic book world or in the in the novelization world or whatever uh, so that they can get some work done and hopefully get paid, uh, but not, know that it's not coming from studios uh, themselves, which is, uh, you know, I mean, keeping, the other... keeping busy. The other form of writing that I do professionally is playwriting, which yes. is not the most lucrative of professions. It is one of my favorites, but I don't know that um, that's going to really pay my bills. Um, yeah. But it's you obviously right. knew, come not new like immediately, but you as a family have, uh, I'm guessing, planned a little bit for what potentially could have happened. And you guys are going to be okay, hopefully, during this time. We'll guessing. be okay, you know, for for now. So we'll yeah. see. You know, it's like there's at some point, yes, it becomes hard for everybody. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're okay. We're doing fine. It's like it's a little weird to have both. Yes, you know, both mom and dad are home all the time. We took our daughter to some pickets last week. We yeah. took her to the Newsies picket. There was a Newsies picket. It was amazing. That's awesome. She was like, it's too hot and I need to go. And I was like, I know it is hot. It is hot. We're at All these writers hot. with kids are going to just start sending their kids to the studios in like to like bug the shit out of them and say, see, we need to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. I let my daughter make a picket sign for me and she wrote like, we all love TV. We don't want it to be broken. <laughs> 
I was like, I agree. Yes, please. Oh, this is for the future. This is for them. This is for my. This is my two-year-old son. This is for them, and yes. and, and the future. In maybe he wants to be a writer at some point. Hopefully, the be a livable wage by the time he's he's uh he's writing there for for TV and, and movies and stuff like that. But I really appreciate. It. So, is there anything else that you want to tell people about this strike or about the writers? guild or anything like that before we say goodbye i think i said it all i mean Good. donate to the entertainment mm -hmm. community which is entertainmentcommunity.org i looked it up okay great amazing yeah. and i think you know if you're interested in reading this document that i wrote I think my Twitter handle is the Eliza Clark. It is. Um, it is. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like, I don't actually know. And it, that's what it, I'm here for. <laughs> it's a Google document and it's, um, it's worth reading, I think, to sort of get a sense of what we do on a set and why we're necessary. Because um, all of the shows that you love that you think are like the best shows on television, I promise you, it's because the writing is good. And it's because there's writers on set and writers who are committed to the show and who grow with the show. And yeah. So. And, and depending on when I get time to edit this and post it, it, it's between now and Thursday, which means Friday is the day that why the last man gets pulled off of, <gasps> off of Disney plus. I think people should just binge stream it over and over and over again. Just say like, ha, this is a big mistake and why you didn't exactly get right. yes. pay attention to it. It's a great show. That's the reason. Number one reason why you should watch it. But number two is just show them how many people want to watch this show still. Totally. Just turn it like the minute you listen to the podcast, just go to Hulu. You're going to have to search it because it's buried <laughs> in that platform. Yep. Search, the, search it, find it, just put it on, kick all back. All your TVs in all your house and watch one of them. But I have all the other TVs just playing it. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, but otherwise you also have a number of things too on, on, out there as well so you can check those out i'll mention those at the beginning when i do a little That's intro about you so uh but yeah you're at the uh, the eliza clark on twitter and eliza clark w on instagram if anybody wants to follow you on instagram i don't know if you want people to or not but no i can. think you should and can Is and it eliza you yes or eliza more about uh eliza clark and the why the last man show we did episode 14 on this podcast almost 100 episodes ago uh, in October of 2021, we talked about um, Why the Last Man on that show. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, we support you here. Fewer F-bombs. Who knows? Maybe I didn't. I, I don't think you probably did. I don't care. Hey, it's emotional time right now, okay? It's emotional. It's emotional. <laughs> anyway, all right. But we're big supporters uh, uh, of the WGA and what you guys are doing, as well as yourself, Eliza. I'm looking forward to more stuff coming from you in the future um but and maybe one time we'll we'll talk more fun stuff instead of your show getting removed from TV <laughs> and you not working right now maybe that's the future <laughs> yeah there will be that's a future i can believe in yeah uh, but we really appreciate it hopefully people learn some stuff about the the strike and if not uh you can just you know definitely look into it it's worth paying attention to people and entertainmentcommunity.org is where you can donate some money to the the various people that could use your help during this strike um but yeah i appreciate it thank you so much Eliza, for taking some time out of your day to come on here until next time we'll see you okay thank you